This is Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara from American Financial Security and American Financial Investments, a registered investment advisor. With the variety and sheer number of investment choices available and the new tax laws phasing into effect, are you financially prepared for retirement and saving in taxes the way you want to be? For many years, Ron and Barbara have been an integrated financial and tax preparation and planning firm, providing their clients not only with ways to make money, but also to keep more of it. Listen in as they discuss common financial questions and concerns and provide the facts on the new tax laws going into effect for individuals and businesses. And now, here are Ron and Barbara to help you find out how to move towards a more informed and confident financial future. And welcome to another show of Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good afternoon, Ron. We get to say good morning and afternoon because our show is at 12 noon every Saturday. So welcome to each and every one of you out there. We thought, um, I'm sure all of you have been very, very busy and active this year trying to get your taxes done for uh, this new tax year, reporting what happened with all of your income from last year. But as all of you know, we have a brand new tax code. And what we felt like we really wanted to do is now that we're well into this filing season for 2000 tax year 2018, that we would have our expert, even Barbara Clark Stevenson, my partner, <laughs> to to be able to really let us know what she's seen as we're right in the thick and the thin of this tax season. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Ron. You know, we had done a show before, actually a couple of different times uh, over the last, oh, I'd say six, eight months, introducing some of the key highlights of the new federal tax code as it was being announced. We tried to teach a lot of people during that time frame Mm -hmm. all of last year. Okay, what's in it? What can you expect? What should you be doing now to prepare for that? Exactly. We're in it now. We're in it now, full feet swinging. And this year, you know, the IRS started, I believe, either 11 or 12 days later than they did uh, in 2017 for the previous year. So they shortened that filing season, not giving us any extra time on the back end in April. That wasn't quite fair, was it? No, it was not because they They, want their money and they they, want it in by April 15, apparently. They weren't thinking too much about us uh, companies that actually prepare the taxes and do the planning, were they? Well, they weren't really thinking either about the states and were they prepared as Arizona was not. Um, And did all of the software companies get all of the forms and instructions? And that was part of the delay. Uh, But, you know, we've talked about it and tried to introduce people to it, to some of the highlights. But there's nothing like seeing it and actually feeling it. So here we are the first week of April. And there are some highlights that I think would be interesting for those of you in the listening audience to hear about. So, so Barbara, from your standpoint, um, you know, a couple of things changed. You know, the brackets changed, but also the personal uh, standard deduction changed. Right. Let's talk about both of those. 
Well, let's start with the standard deduction because that's a really great starting point and it was an advantageous change for almost everyone. And we're finding that most people, this is really benefiting them as they do their filing. Yes. So let's take a, a, a single person under the age of 65, you know, under the old filing system, we had a standard deduction for people who did not have mortgage interest, property taxes, a lot of medical, all that kind of thing to write off. The IRS has always given us a standard deduction. Last year, for any single person under 65, it was $6,350. We also counted noses, and those were called exemptions. So everybody who took a breath in the year of 2017 received a personal exemption amount of $4,050. So if you were single and you filed in 2017, between the standard deduction of $6,350 and the exemption of $4,050, your first $10,400 of income tax free. was tax-free. Nice. Okay, $10,400. That's a good start. In 2018, it went up even though exemptions disappeared for all intents and purposes, to 12000 So if you filed this year as a single person, you got $1,600 more tax-free money. If you're a married couple under the age of 65, it was double that. Your standard deduction and personal exemptions would have totaled in 2017 20800 but in 2018, your standard deduction is 24000 And it goes up from there if you're a little older. So the first change that people saw was in that standard deduction getting more non-taxable money right off the bat. So if their personal income was $50,000 and they're a married couple over age 65, they would have been able to take uh, 26600 right off the top. Correct. For over okay. 65, you bet. $1,300 each on the federal for anyone over 65. So, so if we switch over to now the tax brackets, can you describe how the tax brackets have really benefited people so far this year as well. Yes. And it's an interesting place to start because the 10% tax bracket, we just talked about getting more non-taxable money. But once the tax kicks in, again, one bracket that stayed the same was 10%. So if you were a married couple the first $19,050 of taxable income. Now that's above and beyond your standard deduction, but taxable income used to be at 10%. Guess what? Still 10%. Everything above that changed. So for instance, let's say you make $100,000, a married couple. In the past, you would have had money at 10%. Then you would have had money at 15%. Then you would have had a little money at 25. This year, you still have 10%. 
but we don't go to 15 next. We go to 12%. So there's a 3% savings on about $60,000. Nice. Okay. So that's kind of nice. So with the standard deduction and a reduction of the brackets, people are truly seeing a savings in in their return, if that's possible. Yes. In the tax calculations. Or in their wages, if they're still working. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot, these are just two of them, and we'll talk about some more of the changes, but it's where we usually start because people want to know what happened to me with this new tax code. And I can tell you there are people who are surprised. Uh, Their perception was that perhaps this tax, um, this new tax code wasn't going to do anything for them. And in reality, it did. One way or another, we take something away in one place and we put an advantage somewhere else. Mm. So this is a very encompassing and interesting tax year to see how it's all coming together. So in the past, and I know we have about one minute before we need to go to break, but in the past, people have also been able to say, okay, I have a mortgage. Can I still take that? I I pay out a little bit in deductible because of medical. Mm-hmm. Um uh, sometimes I have property tax on the house I'm buying. I pay sales tax on cars and things like that. If I bought a new car or a used car and paid sales tax. Mm-hmm. Make just, charitable contributions, yeah, just, et cetera. Just, just describe what, ha- if we have time, Barbara, and we can extend this topic into the after the break as well. But let, let's start talking about these personal deductions. Uh, Yes, if we are going to itemize, and I'd like to insert here, here, for anyone who has not already filed, this is a point of confusion, and I'd like to offer some clarity. The standard deduction did increase significantly for the federal tax filing. It did not change for Arizona. So for those of you out here who do have a little mortgage interest in car tags and medical and charitable contributions and so forth, please still gather those. Those still will be an advantageous portion of your Arizona tax filing, even if you are going to benefit from the higher standard deduction on the federal return. Barbara, what can people do if they they don't have all their stuff yet together they're, they're late in getting it, or maybe some of the companies that some of their investments, they still don't have those. Unfortunately. It's surprising how many broker statements are still incorrect and still coming in. Got this new one, but it's not final. Got this one, but no, it's not final. So what, what can people do? Yep. Something that is very important and also commonly misunderstood is if you cannot file your personal tax return, by the April 15 filing deadline. And this year, April 15 falls on a Monday. So that means no extra days over the weekend. It means April 15 is D-Day. Well, what about those two weeks or 11 days that they delayed accepting? Yes. Well, that would have been my preference that they extend the feeling to the, the filing season to April 30, but you know, they didn't call and ask. So I didn't get a chance to so it's still tell the them. 15th. It is the 15th. Exactly. Two weeks from a couple of days ago. So if you are not able to file your return timely, there's two things to think about. One is you can file an extension 
and that is an extension to file. You either do it online or you mail it in and you say, Dear Mr. IRS, Miss IRS, I am not going to be filing by April 15. I'm letting you know that in advance. So give me another up to six months. Okay. The downside of filing an extension is that the extension is an extension to file your formal return. It is not an extension to pay any monies you anticipate. So take a look at last year. Take a look at what you've done similarly, differently. Uh, get some advice on whether or not you may owe. If you owe and you only file an extension and do not pay, the IRS will happily take your return over the next six months and they will assess penalty and interest back to April 15, which is when they would like to have their money. So one of the things that we're doing right now is trying to squeeze in for folks at least the assessment of what did they do last year, kind of what it looks like under the new tax code, and when we file an extension, make the recommendation that they're covering any potential tax to avoid the penalty and interest down the road. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go back to these personal deductions that you talked about. Um, the standard deduction on the federal side, um, with that pretty much, and let's just call it doubling, mm -hmm. um, that has really benefited a lot of people this year. It has. To the point where a lot of people in the past that used to itemize their deductions didn't really need to this year because the standard deduction was higher than what their itemized deductions could have or would have been. Correct. But that's a little bit different on the state return. Yes. And so whenever there's an opportunity for someone to benefit from claiming their extra expenses for the state return, and we do a lot more than just Arizona, I might add. Um, but the states mostly have lower standard deductions. They also, in many cases, treat some of the items differently, medical being one. On the federal return for only 2018, the IRS allowed you to claim medical expenses that exceeded 7.5% of your income. Now for 2019, it's going back to 10%. That pretty much takes a big shot out of the arm of medical expense. If you're paying your own insurance premiums, if you have a long-term care policy, if you've got Medicare and a supplement, if you have normal out-of-pocket for co-pays, eyeglasses, hearing aids, dental, that kind of thing, the Fed limits the amount of that based on your income. Arizona raises its hand and says, hey, I'll take it. I'll take all of it. So many people claim itemized deductions for Arizona and not the Fed, largely because of insurance premiums and medical expenses. Nice. That's a big thing. A lot of, a lot of our audience either listens to or watch news, mm -hmm. you know, daily, just to catch up on the highlights, what's going on locally in our state, uh, in our country, possibly around the world. Sure. But one of the things that has really come up a lot is this word called salt tax. Yes. And I think I joked about the fact that I've been Can around you? taxes for more years than I will admit. And I've been professionally preparing taxes for 
over 15. I'll admit that much. Um, I've never heard a tax pro call any of the state and local taxes salt. salt. But, you know, they, they claim nice. that because it's a nice it, was, acronym. it was a nice acronym. And it really means state and local income taxes or taxes paid. So in that category, one of the things that we had heard about, especially from states that have much higher taxes than we're fortunate to here in Arizona, is that state and local taxes were going to be frozen at a limit, capped limit of $10,000. Now that includes your state withholding out of W-2s and pension income and so forth. That also includes your sales tax. If you've made a purchase of a vehicle, of an RV, and you have an opportunity to capture all of that sales tax, if that's higher than your state taxes, then you get that. Car tags and car tag renewals. And of course, uh, your real estate taxes. And real estate taxes have always been deductible to the full extent of every property you own. Okay. If you own 10 properties and you have mortgages on 10, the rule was always two houses, all taxes. You can still claim all your taxes, but we are seeing just a few people being limited to that new $10,000 category. So one of the things that we're doing, Ron, in our planning with folks is if you itemize and if you do a lot of extra withholding for the state because you like a nice Arizona refund, that's okay if that's your strategy. But understand that all of that withholding is taken up space in the category that cannot exceed 10000 And then if you get a refund and you itemize, you just have to report at least part of that refund as taxable income the next year. So we're doing some planning with some of the clients who do like to have a nice big Arizona fat refund and may have found because they not only did a lot of Arizona withholding, but they also bought a car, paid a lot of sales tax, and maybe they decided to get two or three years worth of tags on that instead of one year. And what happened? Oops. We got limited to 10,000. So for those of you out there, if you're thinking about 2019, buying a car, buying an RV, if you get a big refund from Arizona and traditionally have to report that, come and see us. Let's do a little planning. Let's make sure we can take every bit of that $10,000 category and we're not taking up space with something that really doesn't benefit you. So before we go to the break, we want to make sure everyone understands, and you hit on a key point there, Barbara, is the fact that planning is a really good thing. Yes. And talk about many, many, many of our clients um, take income from investments, they have investment properties, or they have different buckets of money that are taxed differently. Right. Like Social Security and mm-hmm. or maybe they inherit something from mom or grandma. Investments. You bet. But we want to, them to make sure that because we're an investment and also a tax planning firm, we understand the investments. We understand how money works, and it's not all created equal. Money real, is not all money is created equal. A real famous person I know that co-authored a book with me <laughs> said that, but. 
But we also like people to really use us year round to to do that critical tax planning. Like you said, if they're going to buy a motorhome or they're going to buy another property or they're going to sell a property, let's talk about the tax implications ahead of time. Of let's those see finan- if there's something we can do of those financial transactions. You bet. Just so we pay as little in tax as we possibly can by also paying for those things out of the right bucket of money as well. Correct. So, and now we've got to run to a break and we'll be right back. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call American Financial Investments. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 928-771-8368 or visit us at AmericanFinancialSecurity.net. Well, welcome back to Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. We've been having a discussion today about uh, the new tax code. And as we think that this tax code, and a lot of you are going to say nerds, 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 but um, (laughs) this new tax code, for the most part, we have been seeing that it really is being beneficial to people's bottom line. Absolutely. And we're seeing that the people, once we show it to them, last year to this year, um, they are really seeing it too. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, continuing on with that discussion, you know, Barbara, we were talking about the personal deductions and there's a few more topics on that, such as mortgage interest, medical expense. Uh, Do you want to get into that with us? Yes, just really quickly, Ron. Thank you. On the mortgage interest, I joked before you could take mortgage on up to two homes. Remember that the vast majority of the provisions in this tax code were aimed at relieving taxes on the working middle-class family. Three distinct aspects there. Um, It's also aimed at aiding small business so that they have more flexibility and wherewithal to create jobs and pay more wage. So mortgages, the only thing that's really changed there is going forward, you will only be able to deduct mortgage interest up to a limited balance of mortgage debt of 750000 So again, in Arizona, I don't know about you, but 750,000 buys a pretty nice house in most places in Arizona. Not so in some of the other states, uh, but here in Arizona, you know, that may even accomplish your primary residence and a second home somewhere. Mm -hmm. So 750 is the limit on new debt. Um, Another thing that's becoming very popular with the standard deduction going up is that many people, especially our seniors, are incredibly generous with donations and charitable gifting. And so we're working with people who have, uh, over the years, taken money out of an IRA, out of a pension, and done a lot of charitable gifting. We're changing the strategies, and we've talked about this before, Ron, but anybody out there who is approaching 70 and a half or who is already required to take a minimum distribution from a retirement qualified account, and you don't necessarily need that money. There are some really interesting ways becoming much more popular in order to accomplish that gifting and actually succeeding in two things. 
One, you're enabling yourself to do take that higher standard deduction, which will save you some money on your tax preparation fees. But also, when those donations are made directly from your qualified account, it's treated differently. And it actually allows you to reduce income, not just take a deduction. So for any of you out there, if you have questions about how do you do qualified charitable distributions or QCD, uh, or you've seen that term and have questions, give us a call. You know, one of the other things that is really popular in this state are some of the Arizona credits. Oh, and these are great. Thank you, Ron, for bringing that up because we're going to run out of time. And I would like to say this is an excellent way, again, to take advantage of the higher federal standard deduction, still do targeted gifting to organizations right here in our community. Um, Arizona has had for many, many years several credits. Uh, Some people would be familiar if they've done a solar improvement to know that Arizona has a solar credit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making donations to qualified charities, to public schools, to private tuition organizations, to the Arizona Military Family Relief Fund, or a qualified charitable organization. The Arizona Department of Revenue website has complete lists of organizations that have petitioned Arizona Department of Revenue for preferred status. So if you donate to a qualified charity, and we have very popular ones here locally, um, let's say that you give somebody, one of the organizations, $400. Okay, that could be the Lions Club, that could be Meals on Wheels, it could be Big Brothers, Big Sisters, it could certainly be any of our food banks who are always in need of some assistance. And if you gave $400 to one of them and you're married, you need to know what your limit is, then that $400 stays right here in our community, helping our families. It is equal to mailing a $400 check to Phoenix to the Arizona Department of Revenue. So if you have questions about targeting your donations, Give us a call. Check out the Arizona Department of Revenue website. There are some really interesting strategies out there. You know, one of the one of the tax credits that have been popular for many, many years still is. um, And we have a lot of tax clients that still have children Mm -hmm. or tax clients of grandparents that are raising their children. Yes, that's their grandchildren. Mm hmm. Describe the child tax credit and how that might have changed or did change with this new tax code. Right. Again, Ron, given the fact that the change, largely the changes to the tax code were aimed at assisting middle-class working families, in the past, the child tax credit has been worth $1,000 per child. That doubled. So if you have two children in your home, I always used to say, kiss those little kids at tax time, especially because they show up with $1,000 in their little tax bucket. (laughs) This year, they got a bucket in both hands and they bring $2,000. So for a family of five, a married couple with three children, they have $6,000 worth of tax credit to cover the income. 
Absolutely. And they made a change to where we used to lose that child tax credit once um, a teenager turned 17, 17, 18 as they're in high school, all the way up to 24 if they're still in college. We used to only get an exemption. Now you get a $500 credit for each and every dependent over 17. You know, Barbara, we have about 30, 35 seconds left. Um, you know, there's a lot of business owners out there like Oh, good. Our, That's where like you were going. Small businesses, 20%. Corporate taxes, but I also want to squeeze in there, if you can, capital yes. gains. Oh, no, I want to go to the small business taxes. Capital gains did not change. Long-term capital gains will be taxed at the rate below your ordinary income. For some people, it could be zero. But for those of you who run a small business out there, you may qualify to get 20% of your profit tax-free. It's the qualified business income deduction. We are really excited about it. So if you have questions, please give us a call. 928-771-8368. This new tax code is exciting. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. Give your financial future a jumpstart and call this week for your complimentary strategy session. Call 928-771-8368 or visit their website at afsprescott.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services offered through American Financial Investments, a registered investment advisor in the state of Arizona. Insurance products and tax services are offered through American Financial Security. American Financial Investments and American Financial Security are affiliated companies. American Financial Investments, American Financial Security, Ron Stevenson, Barbara Clark Stevenson are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government entity.